story one chapter seventeen of the dwarf's chamber and other stories by fergus hume this librivox recording is in the public domain story one chapter seventeen autolycus on the wednesday of the following week a gruff individual in a dirty white greatcoat with a still dirtier white hat and a red worsted scarf hiding most of his pimply countenance presented himself at the manor-house and requested to see mr algernon warwick likewise continued this odd visitor to impress the supercilious footman the lord he thrust into mercury's hand a stout piece of cardboard inscribed autolycus proprietor of the rarest collection of monstrosities in the unbounded universe and chuckled hoarsely as he conveyed further information the collection is set up on the village green young man and i have known those civil to autolycus get in on the free list the footman did not seem to be overwhelmed by this offer but still supercilious departed holding the card betwixt a dainty finger and thumb during his absence the showman took a seat and breathing hard the while examined the stately hall in which he found himself autolycus had been in too many cathedral towns to be impressed by the beauty of this interior and in place of admiring the arched roof and lofty pillars and chequered marble floor he sighed to think that amid these splendours warwick would soon forget the rarest collection in the unbounded universe such a fiddler as he was ruminated autolycus solacing himself with a peppermint drop he danced the public in even if they didn't want to go he's a rum start this year i wonder how he flew so high ah i'll it said he was a heagle his further reflections were put to an end by the footman's return and he learned that both lord lelanro and warwick waited him in the library autolycus stumped bravely after the still scornful domestic before he advanced into the room he marked his disapprobation of this conduct by making a speech short and to the point instead of being a deadhead young man i'll charge double for your admission no sniffers are allowed in my show he might have added more but that mercury having announced him withdrew promptly from such low company and autolycus found his hand in the warm grasp of warwick i am glad to see you autolycus said the young man heartily let me introduce you to lord lelanro who is anxious to make your acquaintance i always said you were a heagle murmured autolycus taking in the improved looks of his friend and you've soared wonderful ah lord he added turning to lelanro i hope as i sees you well i am quite well mr autolycus and i am glad to see you no and to my name lord said the showman taking a seat i got it out of a play of mr shakespeare as you may have heard on there was no mister there so i don't hold to tacking it on here well algernon warwick you have growed he added turning to the youth why you can make a dozen of your parent that is here autolycus closed his mouth and winked mysteriously at warwick to know if he could speak openly the secretary soon reassured him on that point lord lelanro knows all my story autolycus he said quickly i told him of my father the dwarf and of your kindness to me oh that wa'n't much algernon i couldn't see a bright lad like you sink when twas your nature to soar a eagle i said always a eagle 
well lord i've come with the whole show it's down at the village under charge of the missus ah i must go and see my old friend mrs gus mrs gus repeated lelanro wondering why the wife's name was different to that of the husband your better half autolycus hm she thinks herself the better whole growled the showman who was evidently under petticoat government my name lord is gus but i call myself professionally autolycus she well known to the public as the bodine sylph now answers to the private name of mrs gus i understand said lelanro smiling mr warwick i think you may go down to the village and renew your acquaintance with mrs gus i wish to speak with this gentleman alone certainly my lord answered warwick wondering what could be the reason of all this mystery i will go at once and pray mr warwick request dr price to give me the pleasure of his company pursued lelanro accompanying his secretary to the door i will give you my reasons in a few days he added in a lower tone noting the young man's wonder you can trust me mr warwick i should be ungrateful if i did not replied warwick taking the hand held out to him i leave myself in your hands when the door closed behind him lelanro returned to his seat and looked with some interest on autolycus who unused to high society strove to hide his confusion by another peppermint drop you wonder no doubt why i have sent for you autolycus said lelanro slowly but the fact is mr warwick arrived at my house some time ago and as i have taken a great fancy to him i made him my secretary a eagle lord that's what he is mr warwick told me his story pursued lelanro smiling at the remark and i notice that there is a mystery connected with his birth before autolycus could remark on this speech price entered the room and having been duly presented to the showman took a seat beside lelanro to assist at extracting information regarding warwick i should like you to tell us autolycus said lelanro when the introduction was over what you know of mr warwick autolycus wiped his countenance with a red bandana handkerchief and looked sharply at the two men before him in spite of his eccentricities he was no fool and liked warwick too well to make any revelation which for all he knew might be hurtful to his future first lord and doctor said the showman placing a stumpy forefinger in the palm of his left hand i'd like to know your game the reply to this leading question required some consideration lelanro was by no means inclined to trust this man of the people with the secret of his house and so he framed a cautious answer which while satisfying the scruples of autolycus yet preserved the dignity of the lelanros i design no ill to mr warwick said he after a pause on the contrary i wish to do my best to advance his interests but you must be aware autolycus since it pleases you to be called so that unless i know all about the youth i cannot hope to assist him as i should wish well, that's fair enough lord answered autolycus revolving this reply i can tell you all i know for there ain't anything as is best to hide you know his story i believe we know that his father was a dwarf who married the fair circassian and that he was sent to public school at your insistence said price that was a good deed of yours autolycus 
i'm nothing nothing lord and doctor i said he was a heagle to soar and wanted to help him not but what i was sorry to lose him sirs what a fiddler he is he plays the violin excellently said lelanro impatiently but about his father where did you obtain this dwarf ah that's algernon the pygmy napoleon so we called him professionally lord and doctor ay he was a draw i never saw a freak like him beautifully made he was and could have gone into a teacup where did you get him i got him repeated autologous slowly from a man called ballard but where he got him i don't know price and lelanro looked at one another and seemed to approve of this speech in what year did you receive this dwarf from ballard asked lelanro anxiously it was in uh, eighteen forty nine replied autologous scratching his head leastway i think so cause i lost money at rochester that year and the next algernon pulled it back for me ah lord and doctor he was a draw that pygmy napoleon warwick has a paper given him by his father said price in which the date of his birth of whose birth doctor algernon one or algernon two the first the father this paper says he was born in eighteen fifty seven so that being the case you couldn't have received him in eighteen forty nine before he was born oh that's nothing sir said autolycus contemptuously the pygmy napoleon you must know gentlemen was always thinking himself a great person and descended from crowned heads he believed in that paper which he said came from ballard who sometimes came to see how he was but it didn't mean much he said that the figures and the letters of the name algernon which was his own would prove his rank but he never could find out the meaning and ballard wouldn't tell him from what i know added autologous emphatically he was born in eighteen forty six for i got him in eighteen forty nine and he was then three years old to be sure i ain't certain of his real age he might have been two when i got him these dwarfs are so misleading from their smallness then how do you account for the eleven years difference inscribed on that paper asked lelanro it was a riddle sir leastways ballard said so and i guess he altered the figures from four to five to suit the finding out of it lord lelanro nodded to imply that the explanation satisfied him and made two or three memoranda on a slip of paper then he asked another question did this man ballard give you any explanation as to how he came by the dwarf no he didn't retorted the showman gruffly it was as deep as a well and told me to mind my own business he had a share in algernon a share yes lord i gave him so much on the takings for the pygmy napoleon was a great draw with the public now he's dead and the rest of the show don't attract like he did i wish ballard could a got me another dwarf like him i'd give him the same price i would don't talk like that man said lelanro who looked rather pale i don't want to hear these details autolycus rather wondering at this unaccountable agitation took another peppermint drop and being wise in his generation held his peace ballard is dead is he not asked price seeing the old nobleman was too upset to speak my doctor i didn't know it when i told young algernon to go to london for the second time but when i wrote to that ballad in duke street a month ago i found out he was dead 
died in fur and parts gentlemen as a valet to a travelling gent where was this dwarf of yours married to the fair circassian in st martin's church canterbury replied the showman oh it was all straight lord i wouldn't have profligacy in my caravan neither would the missus she's very very moral she is concluded autolycus shaking his head as moral a boodin sylph as i ever did see have you a picture of this dwarf demanded lelanro making another memorandum i brought one with me as i guessed from young algernon's letter you wanted to see me about his father replied autolycus producing a photograph from his pocket and laying it down before lelanro you don't happen to know lord where ballard got that dwarf i'd give a good deal to get another em male or female my stars he was a draw so beautifully made so that will do that will do said lelanro sharply leave me for a time autolycus i'll see you later on and renew this conversation price ring the bell the doctor did so and when the footman appeared autolycus was delivered into his charge with instructions to look after his creature comforts price conducted the showman to the door and dismissed him with a last warning not a word of this conversation to a soul he said hurriedly autolycus laid a stubby finger on one side of his red nose to imply silence and stumped out of the room in the wake of mercury dr price returned to find his patron with a drawn face full of pain leaning back in his chair my sin has found me out price said lord lelanro with a groan true enough replied price coolly still you have a chance of making reparation to the son for what you did to the father do you think he'll forgive me price under the circumstances said the doctor after a pause i think he will forgive you i only hope he added rather anxiously that he will forgive me also for at your request lord lelanro i misled the poor boy by a false statement End of chapter 17